Have you ever found yourself in a position of feeling or being useless? Perhaps some of you. Let me give you a, some of a lighthearted example of, of that in my own life. So a few months ago, I began swimming um, in a U.S. Master's swim class. Now, that sounds really fancy. It just means that everybody's over 18 in this, in this team, um, some older than others. Um, right, Mike? Um, so I began swimming. Now, I am, I'm fairly coordinated as a person. I grew up playing sports, soccer and basketball and baseball, and I played a lot of volleyball in high school and college. And so I'm fairly coordinated in most things that I do. I was always able to compete on a team. I was able to be productive. I was never a star athlete at any level, but I was able to be a part and be useful to a team. Um, I'm on this team for swimming to actually just get exercise, but I have been very well reminded of how useless I am in the water. You do not want me as your lifeguard, and I will not sign up, I promise. But I am being coached because I don't know anything about swimming, apparently. Um, so that's just one aspect. Maybe there's something like that in your life, but to be a little more pointed and serious those moments of uselessness can be debilitating. Maybe you are a slave to your boss in such a way that you are unable to be creative and so you wonder what your role really is in your job. Maybe you have become useless because you are a slave to your flesh, stuck in a pattern of sin, rendering you unable to serve others. Maybe you are a slave to your circumstances in life in such a way that, that any free moment that you get is spent curled up in bed instead of enjoying life and serving the Lord. Maybe those moments of feeling or being useless have come for other reasons and in other ways. But if you know those moments, perhaps you know of a moment of what it means when somebody decides to fight for you. Someone who is willing to stand there and, and help you get up, to pick you up, and to defend you, that you are worth something, that, that it would be worth somebody else putting you into service. What's it like when people listen to you and help you? What is it like when people listen to that defender of you and they put you into service? Our theme for this year is use your powers for good. We've been walking through what it means to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with our God. And with these thoughts in mind, I would like this morning for us to look at the book of, a, a book of a, the Bible to help us continue to think about living for the glory of God, living to be useful. And guess what? We're going to look at an entire book of Scripture in the next half hour. So you can brag to Wayne about that next week. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Philemon, if you're not careful, you will miss it because it is on a page or two in your Bibles between Titus and Hebrews. 25 verses that should radically change 
our lives for good. The letter begins as a typical Pauline letter does. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, at writing this letter, at that moment, was a prisoner in Rome, and Timothy was by his side helping out while he was under house arrest. This letter we see in the salutation is directly addressed to a man named Philemon, who was a wealthy Christian in the city of Colossae. Now we know that he was of some financial means for at least a couple of reasons. One is that he had the church meet in his house. So he had to have some amount of money to have a house big enough to hold more people than just his immediate family. And the second reason we know he's of some financial means is that he had at least one slave. We'll get to him in just a few moments. A few others mentioned in the letter are Aphia, who is likely Philemon's wife, and Archippus, who might be Philemon's son. Either way, they're two prominent members of the church in Colossae. The Paul also then includes the rest of the congregation in this letter who meets in Philemon's home for worship. Just a little bit about Colossae. It was a city in Phrygia and Asia. It was once a thriving city, yet a road change moved the hustle and bustle of the city to nearby uh, places of Laodicea and Heropolis. Paul wrote and sent the letter to the Colossians and the letter to Philemon with Tychicus at the same time. And at the time of the letters, the church in Colossae was, was being infiltrated with Gnosticism and legalism. And as we read the letter to Philemon today, we can, we'll see some of the backdrop of Paul's passion for salvation by grace through faith in Christ. The redemptive language he poured out in Colossians in order to help them fight against the false teaching shines also in the words written to Philemon. In fact, it is significant as we look at how Paul described individuals even in his salutations. Particularly in this letter to Philemon, Paul draws attention to brotherhood, using terms of our brother, our beloved fellow worker, our fellow soldier. Paul states that they are all fellows in the Father. We would say here that they are part of the redeemed community. And as part of the redeemed community, Paul pronounces a blessing upon them. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes when Scripture has the same things over and over again, we're supposed to pay attention to that, but I begin to kind of read through that quickly sometimes. And I would encourage you that every time that you read these words, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, that you would not skip over them, but that you would sit in them and that you would let them refresh your soul. These words are extremely important in describing who we are and what we are to do. William Hendrickson says this in his exposition of Colossians and Philemon. Thus, there is pronounced upon Philemon, Aphia, Archippus, and the entire congregation that gathers at Philemon's house, grace. That is God's spontaneous, unmerited favor in action, his sovereign, freely bestowed loving kindness in operation, and its result, peace. 
That is, the conviction of reconciliation through the blood of the cross, true spiritual wholeness and prosperity, these two blessings, grace and peace, coming down from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is because of this grace and this peace given to us by the Father that we are redeemed. It is by this grace and peace that we are joyously placed into the fellowship of faith in Jesus. And in beginning in verse 4, we see Paul's description of this fellowship of the saints and Philemon's faith and the apostles' feelings on the subject. Paul says in verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. You see, Philemon is anything but useless. He's such a great man of faith and of love that people are talking about him. He's using his powers for good and there appears to be a number of people's hearts which have been refreshed by Philemon's character. And even the Apostle Paul is overwhelmed with fond affection for Philemon. He's exclaiming that he is filled with joy and comfort by this man. Who's that person who refreshes your soul? Who's that person that you just delight to be with because their character and their love and their faith? Are you paying attention to them? Are you walking alongside them? Are you living in community with them in such a way that you are learning to follow their example? Who are you refreshing? How are you being, how are you being a comfort to those around you? After praising his love for, for Philemon, his faith, Paul now gets to the main purpose of writing this letter. And beginning in verse 8, he says, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you. Sending my very heart, I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of on your, your own accord. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. 
the Apostle Paul appeals to Philemon to welcome Onesimus back into his house. See, Onesimus was a bondservant. Onesimus was property of Philemon. And what we know about Onesimus from this letter and a brief mention in the letter to the Colossians is that Onesimus ran away from Philemon possibly after stealing from his master and that now he is a beloved brother by faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever the sin ultimately included against his master, his failure in life is evidenced through the need for Paul to, be, to appeal to Philemon to accept him and the declaration we just, let, we just read, formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. He was useless. In the midst of running away, though, and not serving his master the way he should, Onesimus heard the truth of the gospel. He trusted Christ, and he was discipled by the apostle Paul in Rome. So miraculous was his heart changed that he became a valuable asset to Paul while he was in prison. In fact, Onesimus became very dear to Paul. He was like Paul's child, he said, in the faith. He was his very heart, his beloved brother. So dear to Paul was Onesimus that he wanted to keep him in Rome to have his help continually. But instead of acting selfishly, Paul decided to send Onesimus back to Philemon. Why? Because one who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is fantastically unfettered to the cares of this world. No matter the benefit that Onesimus was to Paul, the apostle cared more for the obedience of the bondservant to his earthly master as an example of his faith. He cared more for his brother Philemon's benefit of having Onesimus back so that the two of those men could both experience the freedom of forgiveness seeing grace and peace displayed as they lived as brothers instead of master and slave. Expositor's Bible Commentary states this. Here is a living illustration of the power which the gospel has of binding men into true brotherhood. We can scarcely picture to ourselves the gulf which separated the master from his slave. So many slaves, so many enemies, said Seneca. That great crack running through society was a chief weakness and peril of the ancient world. Christianity gathered master and slave into one family and set them down at one table to commemorate the death of the Savior who held them all in the brace of his great love. Dr. Tom Constable says this of Philemon. Philemon teaches us that life in Christ changes every relationship. It also teaches us that our relationships to others test and demonstrate our relationship to Christ. Paul is appealing to Onesimus, or to Philemon about Onesimus, to welcome him back as a brother. And he reminds Philemon how the Lord changes everything and how the Lord works. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. See, this is the very essence of a good and loving father. 
taking what is messed up and fixing it. In fact, not only fixing it, but making it way better. Philemon here had a chance to gain more use out of Onesimus than he ever thought he could. He isn't just your bondservant, Paul says. In grace and peace, he is your brother. And as a brother, he is more useful for life if you welcome him back and give him a chance. No matter the failure before God, his grace and his peace through trust in Jesus restores individual hearts. No matter the former destruction, destructive behaviors of, and divisions between family members, friends, or enemies, the Lord's grace and peace through trust in Jesus reconciles people back together. No matter the social status, race, or any other difference among men, the creator of the universe prepares a table for all to sit together for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the message of the gospel. It is refreshing to our souls. Philemon had been changed by this grace. Onesimus had been changed by this grace. And confident in that faith that Philemon had, Paul, Paul charges him to follow through in doing what is right in the Lord. To receive Onesimus back as a brother. Philemon should view Onesimus as a dear brother, just as dear as Philemon viewed Paul. Paul also exhibits a deep faith because he was ready to personally sacrifice on behalf of another for goodness' sake. And in verse 17, he says, So if you consider me your partner, Philemon, Receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge it to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And at the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. So Paul practiced what he preached. He himself followed through in living out the faith that he and Jesus, and like Jesus, who paid the debt of every sinner on the cross that we owe to the Father for our running away, our rebellion, Paul was ready to pay whatever Onesimus owed to Philemon to reconcile that relationship. He lived out what he knew of Jesus. And he reminds Philemon that, that he himself, Philemon, owes Paul his own life for it was Paul who was instrumental in helping Philemon see and know Jesus. Philemon, remember who you are. Remember how you got there. The opportunity before Philemon was to follow through in his own faith and refresh the heart of the apostle just as he had refreshed the hearts of all the saints before. Being fantastically unfettered through the love of Christ, Philemon stood in a position to pardon the sin 
of his bondservant and gain a lifelong brother. Trusting Philemon would live up to his name and be kind, Paul closes his letter. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. See, similar to his salutations, Paul, Paul says farewell with a reminder of the great brotherhood that is in Christ. He praises those who are near him in the work of the gospel, displaying the beauty of redeemed community. And it doesn't appear any small matter that the apostle includes Mark in this list. Anybody remember Mark? He had left Paul in Pamphylia as recorded in Acts 13. And then in Acts 15, we find that whatever actually happened led to a disagreement with Paul and Barnabas. And beginning in verse 36 of Acts 15 says, And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there rose such a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Mark had deserted the work in Pamphylia. And now there was a disagreement. And Paul and Barnabas separated. But after some time, we know that there was some reconciliation. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Luke alone is with me, Paul says. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. He is very useful to me for ministry. Paul and Mark had reconciled. No matter the wrong, redemption can be found. Reconciliation is possible. Paul, being fantastically unfettered, lived this truth out, and now it was up to Philemon to continue exhibiting the saving faith of Christ towards Onesimus. Henry Ironside said this about Philemon. He says, This letter furnishes us with one of the most delightful pictures of the grace of God as revealed in the gospel that we could ever expect to find. Like Onesimus, we have all wronged our rightful Lord and Master. We have misused His mercies, trampled on His grace, and robbed Him by applying for our own selfish purposes that which He has entrusted to us to be used for His honor and glory. But the Lord Jesus has paid all of our debt. He has discharged every obligation to the broken law of God, and now we can come to the Father in His name, assured of a welcome, and knowing we shall not only be forgiven, but also that we are now accepted in the beloved and brought into the very family of God. It should ever be our happy privilege, as it is our great responsibility to manifest the same grace to others as that which has been lavished on us. Let me read that again. It should ever be our happy privilege, as it is our great responsibility, to manifest the same grace to others as that which has been lavished on us.
So how are you doing in fulfilling the mission that the Lord has given to you? You see, we were created, we were created to serve the Lord, to be useful, yet we were runaway slaves. But because of his great grace, we have the opportunity to live fantastically unfettered lives like the Apostle Paul, like Philemon, and like Onesimus. When we come to faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, he places us into his family, his redeemed community. And the Lord changes us and allows us to enjoy the beautiful fellowship with him and the beautiful fellowship with his people. He gives us a spirit and leads us to use our powers for good, to be useful, and to be refreshing for all those around us. How are you doing in that mission? What do you need to do to flourish in that mission? to be productive in your walk? What do you need to do? Are you a Paul? At this moment, are you a Paul? You're one who is, who is needing to stand in the gap for someone else who isn't living a useful life, and you can be the one to share the hope of the gospel with them, to offer them hope and abundant life through Jesus, and you can lead them to be obedient, to live with purpose so that they can act justly in how they serve the Lord. Perhaps you're Philemon, one who is living as a refreshment to those around you. You're doing it. You get it. You are refreshing the souls around you because you understand the grace of God, and you're living that out, and it's flowing out of you, and now the Lord has just given you another opportunity to forgive a brother and show the Lord's faithfulness. Another opportunity for you to show the Lord's faithfulness and live as Philemon and refresh others. Perhaps you are Onesimus. And there's actually a couple options here. One, you, you're a runaway slave who doesn't yet know the Savior. You haven't met Jesus. You haven't trusted Him as your Savior. You're just wandering around aimlessly like a thief. Today's the day that you find your worth in Him. The scripture says that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Jesus died for you. He rose again to offer you life and to make you useful. You can trust in him right now. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Another option as Onesimus may be that you are a believer in Jesus, but you need to boldly deal with something in your life someone in your life. You see, Onesimus was helping Paul out, and I can only imagine that, that it would have been easier for him to stay with Paul in some ways, instead of returning to face the master whom he had wronged. Yet because Paul fought so diligently for relationships to be reconciled and brothers to be unified, Onesimus was led to return to Philemon. And perhaps you need to examine your heart and you need to walk humbly with your God right now in this moment and deal with something specific and then walk humbly to that individual and ask them for your forgiveness. I had to do that yesterday in my own home. How are you fulfilling? How are you flourishing in your mission 
to, to live fantastically unfettered lives, unchained, able to be useful, able to be refreshing to those around you. How are you doing? I would like for us to take a few moments to pray about those things specifically. Which, which individual are you most like in this moment? What's your next step? Pray and ask the Lord to help you live that out. It's gonna be an uncomfortable, silent few moments. You need to, if you want, come to the front and kneel. If you want to kneel at your chairs, I wanna ask you to take a moment and just pray. If you are living out this well, then thank God for his grace and peace and ask him for another opportunity this afternoon to love somebody and refresh their soul and have, ask him to prepare your heart to do so. If you would right now, take a moment and let's talk to the Lord. Father, I don't, I don't like feeling useless. God, you created me to, to do good works. You created us to, to help others. And yet, so many times we forget who we are and we forget how to do it. It's like forgetting how to make the right stroke in the pool and sucking in too much water and beginning to drown. But you, God, are good. And your grace and your peace, they, they overwhelm us. 
and you are the one who picks us up, who refreshes our soul and allows us to be useful again. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for making us new, forgiving us hope, forgiving us life, and allowing us to, to be useful. And I pray that you would help us to live as Paul, to live as Philemon, and to live as Onesimus, and that we would live fantastically unfettered lives because we remember always who we are, that we belong to you, and there is nothing that can separate us. Make us men and women who fear you only and live useful, refreshing lives to those around us. Father, as we take our offering, may you take take these funds and use them to refresh others' souls as well. Help other people see this hope that they can too be useful for your glory. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.